Martin Scorsese once said, honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. Welcome to episode three, Avengers Assemble. So Katie just pretty much told you that Martin Scorsese has a pretty specific opinion about Marvel movies. And to be honest, I get where he's coming from with that. I oh, just, of course. Yeah, like I get that. Like he's a film artur. He's one of the best of his trade. At the same time, Marvel movies to, you know, like us, because, you know, we're just like you. <laughs> we're just we're like just you. We're just like you. It's pure entertainment. We know what it is. We know what they're trying to get at. And we love it anyway. We never ever said that Marvel movies were going to win Oscars. Yeah, I don't know how Goodfellas. Except, except I will say there were. See, this is why though people like Martin say things like that is because people were genuinely upset when Robert Downey Jr. didn't get nominated for an Oscar <laughs> yeah. in his performance in Endgame, and it's like that's why people can't like Marvel because you ruin it for us. Okay, but Gamora, Zoe Saldana. I think was if any was case was to be okay, made about no. winning, she was good in to Infinity War. To get nominated War for supporting for an actress, okay. she was good. Uh, uh, okay, agree to disagree. Anyways, I don't blame you, Martin. I get where you're coming from, but I still disagree with you. I think that at the end of the day, we never said Avenger movies were cinema. No one like people shouldn't think that they're not films. They're just like fun movies, and I think that. Sometimes people forget that, that, like, movies don't have to be... But, like, what are you saying, films? What do you mean? Like, you said they're not films. Okay, well, I I don't... Okay, yeah, that that was snobby of me. It's like film versus movie. Like, are they the same? Oh, gosh, she's the one who's going to film school. (laughs) Okay. Here, it's starting to show. Your film school privilege is showing. (laughs) Your film school privilege is showing. But what I'm saying is, is that, like, we never viewed it like that anyway like when you go to a marvel movie like you want to have fun you want to hear yeah yeah. come and get your love playing while chris (laughs) pratt says something wildly inappropriate with rocket the raccoon yeah exactly that's why i was kind of like sad when martin said that yeah i get it yeah i get that they're theme parks but like my family goes to disney world every year so (laughs) yeah like (laughs) all right what does that like like yeah like theme parks in disneyland like also made up our childhood and like well, and, and I'm I'm still going, but yeah, now I get yeah. drunk with my family, uh, so yeah, it's a different world now. So today we kind of wanted to walk through our top five and worst five. So I think Lee and I we found pretty common grounds mm-hmm. for both, but our ranking of them is a little different in terms of what we consider the worst in our top or the worst in our worst five, and the <laughs> best in our top five. So when it comes to worst five, you're going to be seeing Thor. You're going to be seeing Thor the Dark World, Avengers Age of Ultron, Iron Man 2, and it pains me to say it, but Ant-Man and the Wasp. I know. Okay, let, let's let's break them down one by one about why. So let's start with Thor. Because let's start it's with Thor. The, the first one? Well, especially because then in our best five, Thor Ragnarok is included. Yes. So, and I mean, that's completely due to the artistic direction that Taika, uh, Taika decided Mantini. to take in 
Thor Ragnarok. The homie. But Thor one and two, why do we why do we hate them? So that was back when Marvel didn't know what they wanted out of Thor. No. The only reason they made the first Thor in 2011 was because they needed non-nerds to understand who the blonde dude was in the Avengers. Yep. Like his sole purpose was that they could put him in the Avengers so that, you know, they could give the antagonist, you know, Loki, like fit him in there somewhere. They had to make give them their standalone film first. And, you know, they tried to make it serious, just like Iron Man. If you watch the trailer for Thor, you will think it is an SNL short clip like it does it itself and then at the end it says in 3d and i was like i would absolutely have not wanted any part of that i mean when you start off with iron man and like the reason why it was so successful is because they were able to like make a grounded superhero was relatable not in terms of (laughs) intellect and money you know he didn't have superpowers he just used you know the, the suit was like grounded in reality like it had a re- it had a grounded villain at least. I mean, it wasn't the best villain. It was a good movie that really did perfect the Marvel formula. And then they're like, okay, now we had that grounded like human character. Now we're gonna have a space Viking god, a bratty prince space Viking god fighting his frat boy. <laughs> frat boy fighting his mischievous, you know, Viking god brother Norse Norse Viking god brother in the middle of New Mexico. I, you know, as much as we are hating on it, I will say this. The one strong part is the casting. Tom Hiddleston and Hemsworth, they became such great characters, contributed so much, I think, to the MCU, though, that as horrible as they were, they did lay the groundwork, and for that, we do have to appreciate that. Honestly, as much as we didn't like it, it was the first part of a great character development. Yes, well, until the end. Anyways. Anyway, we won't Anyways, get there. But it's worth noting, I think it's funny that Tom Hiddleston, uh, he auditioned for the role of Thor. <laughs> he was one of the finalists. That. It was like between him and and Chris Hemsworth. He should have known he was born to play Loki. Oh, I know. He I does think, a phenomenal yeah, job. Yeah, I know. But I think, so Thor, Thor the Dark World, it, I mean, it just gets worse in the second it, one. Yeah. <laughs> one of the funniest things is that their merry band of like warriors, like Thor's <laughs> Thor's uh, entourage yes. of like other Viking god yeah. people, they replaced one of the actors. I think Dax Shepard played him in the first movie. Oh my god! And they replaced him in the second movie, and you totally didn't notice. I love when they that's do how that. replaceable they were. And then it's like you don't notice, but then you do, and you're like, do you think I'm stupid? I know. Like, do you think I wouldn't notice, and you you didn't notice? That's how replaceable and forgettable those characters were. Is that they replaced a whole actor, a pretty famous actor. And you didn't notice at all. All right. Well, let's move on to, I mean, let's just get out of the way. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I, okay. I love Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd and his Paul Ruddisms. God, but at the end of the day, and the thing is they had to do that to set. To set up Endgame and the time But was heist. it worth an entire movie to get to that point? No. It, so, but it was an enjoyable, like, Marvel episode 30, like, episode 20-something. Like. I, I don't want to hate it, but also when you pair it up against the other ones, it yes. has, you have no choice And also, put it there. You gotta admit, though, the special effects, if this came out, like, even eight years ago, the effects would have blown everyone's fucking minds. Like, yeah. they were pretty good. Well, I also, though, I was kind of disappointed in There Goes Lee's Computer Again. <laughs> I love when he ruins the audio. I was kind of disappointed in how they portrayed... The quantum realm. But you gotta remember, who is this for? 
Not just not just film students like you, Katie. All right, all right. There are twelve year olds all watching right, this. Alright. Well, all I'll say It's is, gotta be simple. All I'll say is that they did film it at the Baskin Robbins near me. And so that's <laughs> that's my claim to fame. It was it served its purpose, which was the only purpose of the which setup. Was, which was the after credits that not everyone saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was enjoyable. I don't know why the villain was this like a normal businessman in a tan suit. Yeah, they didn't do well. With they didn't the do well with the villains at all. And we can discuss villains later because I have there's there's a couple archetypes of villains, but at the end of the day, all of them seem to be their fathers. <laughs> like if you think about it, the MCU and, and daddy issues. <laughs> Actually, like we could do a whole podcast oh. on MCU and daddy issues. I know, but I, I think we'll we'll call it on Ant Man. Moving on to Iron Man Two. Uh, so there is a lot happening in Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two is was still considered Phase One, and you could just tell that the writers and the director were just really rushing. To set the scene for they Avengers. They just realized how successful yes. Iron Man 1 was. So they were, yeah, they just, they it's like they tried to cram as much exposition as to set up the next four phases that yeah. they could into they, one They movie. like threw in the Black Widow very awkwardly very without awkward. explaining who she was. There's just too much happening in one movie. The freaking race scene where they're fighting <laughs> the race it looks like mickey rourke literally looks like george lopez's character <laughs> in shark boy and lava girl when he's just slinging the electricity around like was it it doesn't even make sense but the the one the one pro is our savior sam rockwell as one of, as justin hammer he's i mean he can do no wrong he can do no wrong we, i mean he was I perfectly I, I mean he's like one of my favorite actors of all time and he does a perfectly adequate job Playing a villain as as best as the dialogue would allow him to be. Yeah, I just I mean Mickey Wark, and then they gave him a Russian accent or something. It was weird. I didn't like it. And he had a bird that and, he wouldn't stop talking about. And don't get oh wow I forgot about that. Don't get us wrong. Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man like he is probably one of my favorite he superheroes. Carries the movie like his pure the pure charisma of Robert Downey Jr. just carried the whole movie by the skin of his teeth. He was able to. It was just weighed down by so much. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> I know. It's like, I didn't care about anything. I just, anytime there was a scene that Iron Man wasn't in, that Tony Stark wasn't in, I just skipped to the next scene that Tony Stark was in so I could hear him say Tony Do Stark his, stuff. His next, like, asshole comment. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah. So then, for me, one of my worst five is Avengers Age of Ultron. I, there is nothing, I, I have a lot of things to say about this movie. James Spader, you... Could have been something. The dialogue. <sighs> they also, um, it was so much at once. I get that it's an Avengers movie. And so that's, you know, when every, they try to pull everything together. There's so much movie in the movie. But also then they introduced that weird sexual tension between the Black Widow oh and my God. Hulk. Which Talk got, about out of left field I, fucking love I, stories. I hated it. But it did give us Wanda, and for that I am grateful because she is badass. She's badass, but also it's pretty hilarious how she, like, throughout the movies, she, like, had the thickest, also most fake Russian accent at the beginning. Yeah. And by the end, it's, like, completely English. Yeah. The biggest thing I hated about it was it took that thing that we like about Marvel movies, the quippiness, mm -hmm. the, the, the smart-ass comments, and cranked that shit to 11. I hated it. And just... There was no scene that could be, that could un emotionally detach me yeah. from what was going on because of like all the 
dialogue. Like it'll be intense action, and then you know, uh, Captain America will say oh, "hell," and then I'm gonna be like "language," and I'm like, "Okay, y'all are like about to die. <laughs> Can I, you not be serious? For it's okay to be serious for like a couple of minutes." Yeah, they're they're incapable of that. So, do you have any others that I know you want to mention? So I was torn between because see. Avengers Age of Ultron was not in my worst five. Uh, I had Iron Man 3 up there, and I contributed entirely to the third act that was just so bad. Yeah. And if you remember Iron Man 3, it like a lot of people don't talk about it that much. Just like they don't talk it's about like Iron Avatar. Man 2. Oh. It is. No, <laughs> it's like no, Avatar. no it, it's like Avatar. Like It was a huge movie when it came out, but no one really talks about it much. In Endgame, yeah. spoilers, when Iron Man <laughs> dies... Fuck. Like, like God, you haven't what? seen it. Yeah, I spoiled it for someone a couple months ago, and they're like, "Iron Man dies." I'm like, "Dude, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell uh, you. You know what? You, you don't deserve. You, you to, live under a fucking yeah. Life. I get it. The first two weeks, like, you deserve to go to hell. And we, I think everyone did a pretty good job of keeping the secret. They did. And but, then there was it was it was like um, uh, public had, domain. Yeah. At that point, like, <laughs> it's know. it's it's a free for all. Like you, you had a month. But anyways, the kid in Iron Man 3 was at the funeral, and, like, most people had no idea oh, yeah. who he was. They were like, Because, like, I recognized him because I recognized the actor. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, oh, he looks a little older. Oh, shit, he was in Iron Man 3. But most people didn't get that because it kind of flew under everyone's radars. Because, like, it was a decent movie leading up to it. Like, the, the, like the Mandarin, like, well, first off, you know, the Mandarin, they casted Ben Kingsley, who, I mean... I thought he might be good, but, like, it kind of took me out of it. It was, like, the dumbest third act ever, and somehow uh, Pepper had, like, inherited the powers, too, and didn't die when she was supposed to, and, like, she was set up to be some kind of, like, superpower person, and then that just kind of got thrown out the window because they never mentioned it again. You know what? That's what I do respect about the MCU is that I feel like they'll be building on something, and then they'll decide, like, halfway through, or they'll realize we didn't really clear that that one up or yeah. you know finish that one and they're so, like yeah, yeah. Just, eh, it's fine it'll it's be fine. okay yeah it'll it's be fine. fine it'll be okay but i mean that was that was worst five do we want to do top five and we and i kind of agree we have pretty similar days because now we're talking about things that we like we like and now it's game now over. it's game over so in no particular order we should talk about avengers infinity war and endgame yes my viewpoint about them no matter what you think about them in terms of, you know, being movies. Because I know some people have very strong opinions. Some people hated, yes. like, either one or the other. For some reason, a lot of them didn't, didn't hate both. They hated one or the other. I think that it's a pretty general consensus that a lot of people liked Infinity War and a lot more of people didn't like Endgame. Endgame. And to me, I say, you just don't know how to have fun. Yeah, I think that... A lot of people, if they look at this through a serious lens, the fact that like there was it was every single character in the MCU ever. Yeah. So there's you're not gonna see growth of character arcs. You're <laughs> yeah, not like, you're not gonna see thematic arcs throughout that, like besides like the questioning of humanity. And I think that for me, like the reason why I love them so much is because it's just like an explosion of all the character you get to see the characters that you've never seen interact interact and I live for that shit. Oh, like exactly. Thor and Rocket together. I never knew I wanted that. Like Paul Rudd kissing Captain America's ass. Like that for me 
was America's ass. Um, that's America's ass. <laughs> but God, I but I get passionate. This I sound like a loser. I didn't need I didn't need the arcs, but I guess because it was the last one. See, it, when people get mad at those movies, I equate it to like you watching the finale of a TV show have without having seen or paid attention to like the entire TV show leading up to the finale, yeah. and then being disappointed that you didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. It's like, they, they they clearly put all the characters into their starting positions without explaining who anyone is or why you should care. Yeah. Because they knew that most of America, or people who are watching this movie, they already know what's going on. Those two movies are odes to you spending the past... Giving all of your money... Ten years of your Kevin life. Kevin Feige rich as fuck. Like... Like, they put in these little, little and obvious Easter eggs as, like, a thank you for joining us. We'll see you in phase four. I think at the end of the day, if you just grasp it as, like, appreciating all the characters and, like, giving us these conversations and scenarios. I mean, like, when they go back in Endgame and redo all, like, I live for that shit. Yeah. Like, that even was though, awesome. Even though, like, time travel is, like, the classic writers have written themselves into a corner. Oh, God. Like, that, what that are we going to do great. next? They're like, so it's like hot tub time machine. No. <laughs> no. Uh, it's like back to the future. Uh, no. Uh, no, it's pretty much like we're going to take our fans on a Disney <laughs> carnival ride through all their favorite moments, but from Favorites. different angles. I loved it. I loved it too. And I don't care what anyone says. This was the perfect finale for 10 years worth of like setup. And, and also, though, I will say what made me sad was, you know, if you saw it in theaters, like, the first week it came out, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. I don't it, it, really... It was a re- cultural experience. I don't really recall being in a movie theater like that. There's two scenes that I specifically remember the the, the plates going fucking bananas. Yeah. And was it, the first one was when Thor arrives in Wakanda in Infinity War. Yeah. And he says, bring me Thanos. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But, like, and then he starts running. And I just remember everyone, like, started standing up and going it fucking was, nuts. It was awesome. It, and it was, was special. awesome. Like, I'm going to say it. Like, it was, like, I cannot wait to, like, show my kids one day that scene. And I'm going to be way more excited than they probably will. And, like, when, you know, in Endgame, um, Black Panther gets back. Oh, yeah. And when he says, on your left. On your left. And you guys and everyone, know what You hear everyone go. <gasps> like, that was awesome. And I once saw this tweet that posted, like, a, the audio of what they sounded like. And someone was making fun of it. Uh, Leave me alone. I'm sorry <laughs> that we have joy in our lives and we're not heartless, fucking uncultured swine. So, like, it was special. And it was cool to be a part of it. You know, and it also, like, I was one of those people. Last summer, I watched all 23 um, in chronological order and in a very short amount of period is in two weeks. And then I went and saw Endgame. Well, no, I did it after. And then I saw Endgame again. I saw Endgame three times. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I also, I, I my dad, my dad wanted to see it. Like, yes. That was the same with me. I, I watched like, it. I didn't, I couldn't too. wait. And so I told him I'd see it again. And then I went and saw it again after I watched all 23 of them. And it's, I mean, it's it's something. It's an active theater experience, yes. which is what I'll, I'll say. This those two movies is why I love the, the theater. Going to the theater to see a movie. Yeah, and like we didn't get the Luke, I am your father moment in the. No, theaters. I know, and like I heard that was like a huge thing. Yeah, that so that happened. was that was our moment. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I just can't fanboy enough about about those two movies. They think props to the Russo brothers because they, they how do it. you for imagine all the guidelines that they had. All the things they had to finish, wrap up, include all these characters, write the dialogue, figure out the dynamic between all these characters, 
and wrap up all these loose threads. They didn't wrap up all of them, but most of them, the most important them. ones. And do it all in like a set period of time, like over the course of, you know, like introduce this villain. Also props to them for Thanos for being Thanos was an the, incredible best, villain. the best Marvel villain. I think maybe Killmonger and Loki. It's like Killmonger, Loki, and Thanos. I think Thanos had the most gravity just because of how much was at stake. Yes. He was the perfect antagonist for the finale of such a cultural phenomenon. Yes. So now that we're done fanboying about this. Yeah, wow. We need. We should probably move on. We That that was good, though. I'm, honestly, I was surprised I didn't look at the clock and say it was like 50 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. um, so next one, I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy. I... I oh. Guardians of the Galaxy is my shit. I love it. I would die for it. The soundtrack is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. The characters are amazing. <laughs> it's wildly inappropriate to the point where, like, I don't even know if you brought your kids. They would, like, understand what they were saying. The blacklight joke? The blacklight joke. I was just thinking of that. He was like, if you, it looked like an Andy Warhol painting. If I turn the blacklight <laughs> on, like, well, that's wildly not okay. But here we are anyways. The villains in Guardians, well, I guess Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I mean, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. I, Guardians I, of the Galaxy 2. I, I, I'll love anything with Kurt Russell. Listen, if you start your movie with Mr. Blue Sky... I get it. Like I, I, I really think James Gunn took it to another level, and he kind of started the whole idea of like these don't movies. Don't take not, these movies seriously. And like adding like a weirdness and like a whimsical energy to it that was not in them before. And I honestly, I don't think Ragnarok would works. have been greenlit if Guardians of the Galaxy hadn't been as successful. 100%. To be fair, Guardians of the Galaxy would not have been greenlit if they hadn't had success with the others. So I think it was a risk, but it's just just like, it's fun. It was so fun. It was such a fun movie. And it just, the casting was perfect for those main roles. I mean, Chris Pratt, they turned a lovable, goofy, chubby idiot in Parks and Rec. Oh my god. He did a 360. And made him ripped and also goofy and an idiot. But he was perfect for that role. And an asshole. And an asshole. Like, but I loved him. Yeah, but he, like, he was awesome. Zoe Saldana cements, you know, being the all-time queen of badass aliens. And let's not forget the fact that Bradley Cooper is quite literally the voice of Bradley Cooper is a fucking cartoon cyborg raccoon. Oh, but also and Vin Di- Bear, according to oh, yeah. Iron Man. And Vin Diesel says one word and probably got a shit ton of money for it. He's perfect. But like, imagine, like that was when Marvel, I think, was high off their power. Yeah. Like, that was the beginning of like... How did they like, pitch that? We could have included that fever pitch. I know this would never happen, but give Rocket Raccoon his own movie. I would, I would like to see an origin story for Rocket Raccoon. I would watch. I it. would love it. I would not watch. Be it like kind of, one. kind of like a, a heist movie, maybe. Absolutely. And with and Groot, I want to know where they, where Rocket and Groot met. I want it all. I want it all. So that's Guardians of the Galaxy. We kind of briefly mentioned it also, but Thor Ragnarok. Yes. That is definitely like the same kind of artistic vision when you look at it. Mm-hmm. It's by directed by Taika. He killed it. He, he took the Thor franchise and he said... He fixed it. He said, give me five minutes and some expensive CGI. I think this... Going back to Guardians of the Galaxy, the reason why I loved it so much, because like I, my biggest gripe with Thor and Thor Dark World was it was like a bunch of space mumbo-jumbo 
bullshit that they tried to like say, oh, your ancestors called it magic. You call it science. science. And it's like... Magic, science, magic, what? science. I know. And like, it was so nerdy and, and they tried to take it seriously and it didn't work. And then Guardians of the Galaxy was like, okay, we're going to use all that same space bullshit, but we're going to make it fun and ask you to not take it seriously. Just treat it like you would a Marvel movie. It's fun. Have fun. And then Taika Waititi was like, okay, time to fix Thor. Yeah. We're not going to take it seriously. No. And we found out one of the most important things about these movies is that Chris Hemsworth has amazing comedic jobs. Yes. No one expected it. God, I... And also, wait, let's not forget, Jeff Goldblum is... Jeff Goldblum is... Fucking awesome in this movie. Oh my god. I mean, when you think of the cast, though, it's just... uh, And Matt Damon makes a cameo. Matt Damon. Like, I just can't stress that enough. Like, we got Matt... We got Goodwill hunting in this. I know. And I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I feel like there's a story behind that. I want to figure out if he just was like on the set, like filming something else next to Ragnarok and just wandered on set. And Taika was like, you, 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 come here, come here. He didn't, I'd like to think he didn't even know who Matt Damon was. He's like, you're a pretty You have, you have the look. I don't know what it is, kid. (laughs) Get it. But you have got it. I just had so much fun with it. I know. I mean, that's all that you can really ask. And also, it is one of those movies where, like, yeah, if you watch it, you won't get some of the jokes if you haven't seen the other ones. But Mm -hmm. this is just a straight-up enjoyable movie. It is. And it really did, like, cement Thor as... Like, I actually... I didn't care about Thor much up until this point. And then he got his haircut. And he got his, his, like, awesome thunder powers that just got, like, cranked up to 11 at the end. And I was like, damn, this guy's badass. And he's somehow relatable, even though he's a Viking space god, and somehow I'm emotionally attached to him. Like, well, and I also they pulled it they off. have to they have to give him these weaknesses because it's like he's kind of a Dizex Machina when all he has to do is get the freaking thunder. So they got to have moments where he doesn't have his hammer, he can't get the thunder. I mean, that's why they didn't bring Captain Marvel in until the very end. Let's not forget. Iron Man would have been donezo in oh, Endgame yeah. if Brie Larson hadn't just popped out of nowhere and carried him on the way home. Like, true, true. I think that it's good that we, like, they have to do that. Yeah. So, also, harken back to Endgame and uh, speaking of Thor, like, and him being relatable. Oh, my God. When Tropicalia came onto the screen, y'all, the, in, the in, theater in, in Athens. Athens where, like, for those of you who were listening who were not from Athens. Oh, yeah, for, for our, for for our, our out-of-state internationals. Like, Tropicalia is a, is a Creature Comforts beer, and Creature Comforts is a brewery here in Athens, and they included it, and the theater here we went fucking insane. Went fucking ballistic. And I'm pro- it's the only, no other theater would have done that. It was the sweetest thing, and also Creature Comforts posted a photo on their Instagram of their entire staff holding up Tropicalia's outside of our local theater. I feel like everyone in Athens has such a pride over Creature Comforts and Terrapin. Please sponsor us. I'm literally Please drinking... Please sponsor us. This is, we I'm, only went off on this I'm tangent I'm literally drinking a Tropicalia right now in honor of Thor. I know. So, like, get, throw us a bone. Same. Okay. I'll let you take this one. So, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, for me, is my favorite. It is my favorite Marvel movie of all time. And a lot of people... I remember... So, I have this movie blog. Um, <laughs> quick, shameless plug... And I posted, one of my blog posts was I ranked all the Marvel movies. And my number one was Captain America Winter Soldier. And I got a lot of feedback about it. Some was like, yeah, I can see that, but I don't totally agree. Some was like, no, I have that at best in my middle tier. And, you know, a a handful were like, oh, yeah, totally. And let me defend it. 
up until that point, I'd say Captain America was like not a, not really anyone's favorite Avenger. Like in 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 in, uh, in the first Avenger, you're kind of vanilla if Captain America is your yeah. favorite Avenger. The, yeah, because like if he was your favorite Avenger after Avengers, just like the first Avengers, that was. Like he he wore the dumbest fucking cartoonish outfit. Yeah. He had, he was kind of lame. And then they this movie happened, and everyone was like, "Holy shit! Who knew he kicked so much ass?" He, like he, he was so awesome. They introduced Falcon, Anthony Mackie. Who we love. He fit in so well to the dynamic, and uh, like the dynamic between him and Black Widow. Yeah. It worked so well. Like they didn't like they they would have ruined it if they made it like. A sexual thing, yeah. Like they gave I've always them a appreciated their. They had a very much a brother sister yeah. who like have tension, but no, they would never do anything I, about it. I appreciate that. And the villain, I mean, the Winter Soldier. I thought he was the coolest looking dude. Oh yeah. That fight, the fight scenes were amazing. The it was like a spy noir. <laughs> I loved it so much. I still love it so much. That is why I love it. Wow. What do you think? I, I appreciate Winter Soldier. I Listen, I know I just said if you like Captain America, you're vanilla, but I'll always have a soft spot for him. I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a Civil War girl, but that's also because, like I said before, I love when everyone gets together. I love when it's a party. I love when everyone comes together for Thanksgiving. I know. You like Thanksgiving. the ensemble. I do. And I, I just... But... 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 It's like, but... <laughs> it's what you want out of the movie. Yeah. So you have someone like me that love the Avengers movie and Civil War is just, it's Civil War is an Avengers movie. I know, it it is. It's It's, Avengers 2.5. Exactly. And they introduce us to sweet Tom Holland who I would die for. But (laughs) I think Winter Soldier within itself is definitely one of the most respectable of all the movies. I I agree. And I think we need to also give a quick shout out what I put as my number two. Okay. The first Iron Man. Yes, absolutely. We have to give credit to what is still, I think, the best introduction to a superhero and the MCU has ever done. Absolutely. And I think that, if anything, Iron Man as a whole had the best arc, mm-hmm. had the best closure. Closure. And mm-hmm. that they, they did not fail us with... Well, they did with Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, but I mean, he was always such a constant in the other movies that he had the chance to continue that. When he died. Oh, no. I cried. Lee and I, I cried. went into seeing Endgame, and we knew either 40- Captain America or Iron Man was going out. I thought Captain America was going out. I, my money was on him. I didn't think they were actually going to do it. And, oh, man. The 40-year-old man next to me with his kids was crying. Harder than the kids, Harder. probably. He was crying. Like, I was, like, tearing up a little bit, but I was, like, with my friends, so I was, like, trying to, like, I was, like... Be a man, be a man, be a man. And the guy next to me is, like... <laughs> and his wife was like, kind of looking at him, and I was, like, kind of looking at him, and we, like, made eye contact with, like, little tears on our eyes. I was, like... Dad? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think, I think Iron Man deserves a shout-out. I think... You know, as much as I shit on Ant-Man, I just want to give them a shout out because if you view it as like a fun little quirky heist movie. It is just a fun quirky heist movie. And also though, this is a hot take. I like Doctor Strange. 
I like Doctor Strange too. It's all it in was this. Fun. You're gonna roll your eyes at me, but it's it's all about learning to be okay with being broken. And you know what? I think we all need to learn that a little more in our lives. Yeah, I get that. My only gripe with it is again, it it gets into like this weird psychedelic like yeah. sh- shroom trip. It's also a wannabe Inception. Like there's quite literally a scene when the buildings are flipping, and I'm like, that is that, Christopher yep. Nolan. Okay. Sorry. Well, it's a wannabe. It's yeah. Weird. And it's not, nowhere close. Yeah, it's just one of the least relatable. It was like Thor. Like I still enjoyed it much more than Thor and and Thor Dark World. But along the same lines, it was just a not a very relatable character, a very unrelatable premise. Yeah. Also, though Rachel McAdams, I was excited. I thought she was about to be a big part of the MCU. Uh, um. No. Just another Marvel issued girlfriend. Yeah, I do have problems with somehow how women are portrayed in the MCU. They're taking over the MCU now, though. But... I think they heard your gripes. Yeah, but also I didn't even appreciate an Endgame when they're like, let's put all the women together. And then have them do nothing. Yeah. But the first female group shot... Yeah, that was that was something. We we didn't even get to discuss the daddy issues of the MCU. But there were a lot. But also that's our homework for all of you. Think about how in literally every movie the hero has a problem with their father. Yep, every single one. So if you have a problem with your father, you're probably going to be a superhero. And good luck. Or a supervillain. So that's all we have for you guys today. We are just like the Avengers movie sponsored by Audi. Um, as there is quite literally an Audi in... You know Audi. Every, <laughs> that, the car that's in every single Marvel movie. Every. Except Ant-Man. They give him like a Toyota Corolla or no, something. No, they give him a Hyundai, You're right. I think. You're right. You're right. They, 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 wanted him to, they wanted him to feel special. He was driving like a nice Hyundai Sonata or something. But I will say that that is absurd. Every single time, like five, out, five sleek Q5 Audis roll up and you're like, yep. Product placement, baby. It is a beautiful thing. It, said the Terry tool. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Later.